Amen. Starting a brand new series today. This is one, this is a series we do every single year called Core. Um, this is about our core values, those five things that really um, just kind of are the guardrails, um, the, the ethos, the, the, the DNA uh, of Cornerstone. And um, we, uh, we're going to go through those five things this month and, and just really bear down because we want you um, to not just, not necessarily just have the same core values, but understand why we operate the way we do, why some of the language we use is the language that we use. But more than that, just so that you, you can just understand the place where you fit and serve just a little bit better. Amen? Those invisible principles sometimes that operate down um, underneath the surface that really is the life's blood. Now, everybody knows the four things. Uh, experience God, walk in freedom, find our place so we can live with purpose. But these are kind of those non-negotiables that we set in place that we don't violate in order to do those four things. Um, and today we want to talk about really the one that we feel is the most vital um, right here at Cornerstone, really the one that everything else is built upon, and that's transparency. Um, transparency is essential um, for us to operate the way we do because we believe that um, in, in the environment of transparency, that hypocrisy runs very low. That when we operate in an atmosphere of transparency, that it really makes hypocrites feel uncomfortable. And that's important when we want to create a place where repentance runs high. Come on, somebody. And we believe that, that daily repentance in the life of the believer uh, is an essential thing, that, that, that we shouldn't walk around and feel dirty and guilty when we stumble and fall, and we have to hide those things. I don't think y'all are with me this morning. Uh, and I know it makes you feel uncomfortable when we talk about these things because you know I'm going to challenge you in just a little while, right? To step out of some of those things you've had a mask over, that you've kept covered, to step out of those things and, and lay those things down before the Lord. So um, we believe, let, let, let me read this core about you. We believe the human struggle is essential to our faith journey. And as a result, we brace authenticity and honesty. In this open and safe environment, hypocrisy runs low and repentance becomes a standard element of life. In so many places, we think that the church is the place we have to come and smile no matter what's happening in our lives. It's a place where shame pushes us into a place where we pretend like we have it all together when church is the one place that we should be able to bring our brokenness and lay our brokenness open so that our brokenness is healed. But there is this societal pressure that presses on us and says, you can't be real. You have to pretend like everything is okay because after all, if everything's not okay, there must be something wrong with my relationship with God. But the reality is, we all live life, and it rains on the just and the unjust alike, that everything happens because we're alive. And when we start following Jesus, it doesn't all magically become rainbows and puppy dogs. We still live 
in the pressure, under the pressure of sin that presses on the world, whether you're committing sin or not, you still are subject to the pressure of sin in the world and those repercussions that it has on our lives. Sickness and bad decision. You know, I could list all of those things, but, but we all know our stuff. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, raise your hand if you know your stuff. That, that, you know, it don't take you long to do self-evaluation to find an area that's just not right there. I can lift both hands because I know those areas where I'm short-tempered. I know those areas where I don't quite love as well as I love in other areas. Those areas where, where I have patience in those areas that I don't. Those areas where, where my faith is absolute and strong. And the areas where my faith maybe is not. See, I know as your pastor that that when you come to the altar and I lay hands on you and and I'm praying for you to be healed, I'm praying for a miracle in your life, there is is 100% confidence and assurance, complete faith that God is going to heal you. 100%. But when I go home and I get to my front door and I'm feeling bad, I do not have any faith for God to heal me. I know that about myself. These are areas where the Father and I, we talk about all the time, and and sometimes I cry, sometimes I talk, sometimes I whisper, sometimes I yell. It's another issue that I know that I have, amen? And I'm not afraid to tell you these things. I say things sometimes to you that that, that I know are going to make you go, but... We're modeling transparency because we believe that the human struggle is essential not just to our personal faith journey, but to the people around us, their faith journey. If you can see the deficiencies in my life and that God can still work and move in me and through me, then certainly you can share that experience and have an increase in faith for God to work and move and use your life. Listen to Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 14. This is the apostle, let me put my other glasses on. This is the apostle Paul, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Now, this, this is the apostle Paul. This dude wrote a third of the New Testament. He's like the man. Everybody knows Paul. And he wrote this in the Bible. We didn't find it in a secret memoir somewhere. Tucked away in his private diary. He wrote this for everybody to read. For we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Sold under sin. Listen to what he says. For what I am doing, I do not understand. (laughs) Man, I take comfort sometimes when somebody else just don't understand. Amen? Sometimes I wake up and I go about my day and I get to the end of the day and I look back and I just don't understand why I made the decisions today that I made. 
I do not understand why I did that instead of that. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I, 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 I don't understand. But it goes beyond that. Listen to what he doesn't understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. The Apostle Paul says, I know what I should do. I know what I want to do, but it's not just as easy as knowing it. I got to do it, and I struggle with doing it sometimes. You know, the reality is that as believers, there is no time during the day where we can't access great Bible teaching. I mean, you can get it on YouTube. You can get it on Twitter, I mean, you probably can find it on Twitter. You can find it, Instagram quotes. Listen, it's there. We got audio Bibles. We got, we got the Bible on our phones. We've got blogs. We've got, listen, but just knowing it doesn't make you spiritually mature. It's learning to do it. And the reality is everybody has a hard time doing it. If it was easy to just read it and then for it to happen, Jesus would not have needed to create the local church and a community of faith so that we come together to pick one another up. He wouldn't have had to leave the 99, come on somebody, to chase after the one. He wouldn't have had to do those things. But the reality is the apostle Paul as a model, he realizes that life is difficult to, leave, to, to live out these relatively easy concepts in Scripture because our human nature defies the God nature. The fallen self is always in opposition with the redeemed self. And that our minds have been subject to so many things that as we are training the mind, it thinks thoughts allows us to make decisions that if we were glorified, we would never make. But here's the thing about transparency. Transparency, when we come together and we talk about the struggles that we have in our lives, like the Apostle Paul, and says, hey, I don't know why when somebody pulls out in front of me in traffic. that I blow the horn, scream and yell, drive by. Right? I'll do that for y'all again. Let me, let me do it to the camera. Cause I, I don't know why I do those things. It's like I just I lose my mind. The Apostle Paul says, I don't understand why I do that. And I don't either. There are times where, and it may even be you, I see you coming down your driveway and I get ready just in case you pull out, right? I'm already practicing in my mind the face I'm going to make. Now, I don't know why, but the reality is that's an area of my life that, that I need to grow in because what I, what I realize after I do that the first thing I realize is, oh, no, 
they're going to show up to church Sunday. Because I slow down so they can see me. They're going to show up to church. They're going to remember me, right? That's, that's the first thing that goes through my mind. The second thing, immediately after that goes through my mind, is I don't know why that person's distracted. And God didn't put me here to be a horn blower and a fist shaker. He put me here to be a peacemaker and a gospel presenter. And if I can't fix me, then I can't help them. Because it's never really about us. See, if I thought this thing was about you, if I thought this thing was about me, I would tell you to pretend. I would tell you to put your mask on so that your reputation is not damaged, so that nobody has any contrary thought about you. But the reality is it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about everybody else who's on the other side of the bloodline. It's about those people who are hurting and broken and that are struggling with the same things we're struggling with, only they're not quite as far along in the healing curve as we are. And by living authentically, by living transparently, by having my life there, people can see God working in me. And if they can see God working in me, certainly they believe God can work in them because if you know me, there's nothing really special about Steve. For those of you who really know me, there's nothing special or spectacular when it comes to ordinary. I am the king of ordinary. I am the most normal person I know. Now take that however y'all want to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We want people to know that it's of God and not of us. I want people to know that it's not me. It's multifaceted. I want people to know that it's not me. So when I mess up, I don't get all the blame. And so when I'm successful, I don't get the credit because the credit for me is more harmful than the blame. Because for me, the credit does something on the inside of me that causes pride to rise up. It's another issue that I have in my life, so I want to make sure that people know it's God and not Steve because I don't want to battle that dragon. So I live authentically, always pointing to Jesus, saying, listen, he's the reason for every success, and when it doesn't work, I got it wrong. But transparency helps pull other people through the journey. 
But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are pressed on every side yet not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted. Let me just go ahead and clear something up for you. This is is free, okay? Jesus said in the last days, persecutions will come. That's, That's what Jesus said. If Jesus said it, it is the truth. The moment he said it, it became truth. We're living in the last days. I believe some time ago we passed from end times to the last days. I believe we're living in those last days. And persecutions will come. So don't be shocked when you're persecuted for your beliefs. Do not be shocked when you're persecuted because Jesus is your Savior. Don't let it fool you because it is coming. Now to give a little bright side of that doom and gloom that I just threw on you. Throughout the history of the church, every time persecution has come, so has revival. Every time God's people are pressed down and persecuted, the remnant church stands up and revival happens and lives are transformed, and there are mass healings, and there are mass gospel presentations, and people come into the kingdom like never before because revival is the the offset. It's the, the, the ballast to persecution. And if we live our lives authentically, and those persecutions come, We don't develop a victim mentality, but we share with a group of people who close themselves in a house and begin to pray about persecution, and there is a mighty visitation of the Holy Spirit, just like we see happen every time the apostles are persecuted in the book of Acts. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And carrying the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest. That these temporary things that happen to me, these temporary trials and tribulations, these hard things that I have to go through. And listen, when I say temporary, you may define temporary different. You may be looking at your life thinking, there's nothing temporary about what I'm going through. There's nothing temporary about the years of pain I've lived in. There's nothing temporary about the years of abuse I've suffered. There's nothing temporary about the guilt I've had. There's nothing temporary about the financial situation I've been in. There's nothing temporary about those things. But I want you to realize it's not temporary as we count temporary. It's temporary as God counts temporary. Because the reality is on the timeline of eternity, our whole lives are just a blip on the timeline. And the reality about time is that time is just a module that God created for us to live in. Time is irrelevant to God. 
God sits above time. As a matter of fact, when we look at time, time is a linear construct for us. In other words, it it moves like this, but God looks at the timeline much differently. God turns the timeline and he looks at the timeline from top to bottom and everything is happening with God right now in this moment from the beginning of creation to the end of eternity. God sees it all in a glance and we get to be found in him one day experiencing the peace and the joy that is unimaginable in our human form. The the greatest day on earth pales in comparison to the worst day with Jesus. So keep that in your minds as you are thinking about what you're going through and the the things that you are hiding and holding back from everybody else. Let people in because the support structure around you can help you move through those things. You can can be pressed and feel like you're crushed if you don't let people in to breathe life into your situation. You you, You can feel abandoned because you don't allow people to see the hard times in your life. You can feel completely destitute with no hope because we shelter our lives and we live isolated so that no one speaks life into our situation. There's a powerful story in the Old Testament. The prophet's walking along the road. and He looks over and he sees an infant that's just been born. The umbilical cord is wrapped around the infant's neck. And the custom of that day is if a, a child was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck, it was most likely going to have some developmental issues. So they would discard the child because of weakness in a child meant weakness in a family. They they would identify weakness in that child with some kind of sin or dysfunction in the family. So it was better to just discard the child at birth. And this child is laying there still with the umbilical cord wrapped, laying in the field. And the prophet walks by and he looks and he sees the child with the very thing that was supposed to support it and give it life, choking the life from it. I don't know the pain you've carried. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know the things that you've been through. But there is no hurt worse than being hurt by the very thing that is supposed to give you life. There's no hurt like when your family hurts you. There's no hurt like when that job that you invested years and years and years in walks out and abandons you. There's no hurt like the hurt of that best friend that you did life with. And The prophet walks by and there's a, this child is, is laying in a pool of its own blood. And something happens in that moment. The prophet looks and he walks over to the child. 
and he speaks to this infant. And this is what he says. He says, you will live and not die. I say you will live and not die. The narrative goes on and he takes the child and he nurses the child to health and and this child grows into a a beautiful young woman who becomes a a royalty who marries into a into a kingdom and becomes a princess and is adorned with great robes and, and jewels. But it was because he saw the brokenness and the hurt in that child that he was able to speak the words of life. And the reality is, if you would lay your hurt and your brokenness in a field for people to say, to see, I know there are people in this community of believers who would come alongside and say, live and not die. I speak life and not death. That's why transparency is so important. That shared journey that we have together so people are encouraged by our lives. It's why you hear me say so many, why you guys can come and get ready. It's why you hear me say so many times, listen, don't wait until your testimony's finished, right? Don't wait until your testimony looks all nice and clean with a bow on it at the end so it feels like a story when you're telling it to somebody. One of the worst things, now now, now just bear with me. One of the worst things that happened in the modern church is when we developed those things that we call testimony services. And this is why. Because we reduced the testimony to something that only happened inside the four walls of the church. It became story time of what happened to me years and years and years ago, and we learned to tell the things that happened to us back then but are not happening to us now, and we hid the things that we were going through right now as we talked about the goodness that happened back then. And it made it seem like God only did things back then, that he doesn't do anything now. But I want you to know God is just alive and just as powerful and doing just as many things right now as he did back in the 80s. He's just as strong and just as powerful right now in Oakwood as he was in Brownsville. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Some of y'all do. Share your testimony. Let people know what's happening in your life so they can see God work through the ugly brokenness of it right now to the deliverance at the end. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus gives powerful words. Words that encourage people that are carrying a weight that they shouldn't carry. We're not designed to live secret lives. We're not designed to to live with areas of our life isolated. Humanity, we're herd animals. 
We're supposed to do life together. And it's heavy when you carry this weight, this secret on your own. What you think is embarrassing, what you think is unclean, what you think is whatever. That's an immense weight to try to carry. But in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How many of you are just... uh, sick of being tired tired of being sick you're just sick tired trying to carry that weight under your own power the worst words you could ever use is I just I just don't want people to worry about me first of all we ain't gonna worry about you going to stand in faith we're going to believe for your healing your deliverance we're going to believe for that promotion we're going to believe for favor we're going to we're going to fill the gap of faith that you may be suffering from right now that's what living transparent is all about but what if somebody what if somebody thinks bad of me what if somebody talks about me you let me know if somebody's talking about you fix that too this is a place where you get healed come to me all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for your mind your will and your emotions your souls I guarantee you there are people right now in this room who are absolutely exhausted at the soulish level. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, Jesus has already shouldered everything that you're dealing with. 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross Jesus shouldered the sins of the world all of those sins before and all of those sins after that weight rested upon his shoulders why are you carrying that weight still He's already lifted it for you. He said, hey, it's finished. Come to me. Living for me, it's light. Because if you live for me the way you were designed to live for me, you don't have to keep secrets and you don't have to do those things. You can just live free.
And one day, one day, this place will be a place where we do live in true transparency. It may not be today, but even if it kills y'all, we're going to get there. Because it's important for the hurting and the broken. It's important for you. It's important for you to know that that hurt, that guilt, and that shame, that addiction, that bondage, that sin, that hurt, that you don't have to do it alone. Everybody stand with me all over the room. what's about to happen. I'm going to count to three. If you've just been living under the weight of life, you want to lay that down and just feel the freedom and the lightness of Jesus. When I hit three, you step out from where you are. It doesn't matter if this is your first time here or hundredth time here. But I want you to know what's coming after that. After you come down here and the Lord sets you free, we're going to tell you, you need to get in a group. You need to get in a group because that's where you walk in the freedom you just got. By surrounding yourself with a group of people who love you and care about you, who will be your accountability, who will be your support. Group life is important. just know that we're not just going to pray for you and leave you alone. We're going to surround you so that you can live out the freedom that Jesus gives you this morning. So if you're here, now some of y'all just decided you're not coming, which really means you're not sick enough, you're not tired enough yet. You're not really ready to be free count of three. I want you to step out and move if you're just looking for freedom. Ready to, to lay it before the Lord and say, here I am. Take me as I am. One, two, three. Step out and move right now. Come on. Come on. I'm tired of living life with a mask on. I'm tired of living somebody else's terms. I'm tired of just barely, barely keeping my head above water. I, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. Come on. I'm broken. I don't know what to do. I, I'm confused. I, it just doesn't make sense. Come on. Where are you? Altar team. Come on. Come on, altar team. The altars are open. The band's going to sing this song at any time if you want to step out and move. 
there are people here for you.